0: Welcome back, everybody, to For the Love of Sport. I am Simon, and I'm Marie. We're excited to have you back here, and you know, Marie, how's your week been?
1: It, it has been a week, you know, between snowstorms pretty much across the country. So, like yep. everyone, everyone's probably dealing with a little bit of a little bit of weather chaos. I personally um, am going to take advantage. I think I'm going to go up to the old up to the old mountain and do a nice do a little snowboarding, hit that fresh snow pow, action. pow, if you will. Yeah. It's what the the cool folk call it catch catch With me on this, an easy blue yeah I'll be riding down very casually
0: <laughs> gonna gonna hit that gnar yeah Just so,
1: that gnarly so nectar. gnar shred some gnar man yeah a few briskies after or something like that uh oh, this yeah. podcast is our first one coming out in March which means we are officially in women's history month which mm-hmm. is fantastic uh awesome that we get a chance to celebrate um you know, this whole month, women, you know, women's history, but more specifically women in sports. Um, I know sports engine as a whole NBC sports on her turf, all these awesome organizations are going to be highlighting women's history throughout the month. So stay tuned, go to all those various places, check it out. I know us personally have been, Mm -hmm. you know, hugely impacted by, by women in sports throughout our, our lives. Um, and so we, throughout the month, will also share uh, a few people that have, you know, made an impact in our lives. My influence, I'm going with the one and only, the amazing Mia Hamm. I That's, had posters. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is it. like a staple in youth sports, youth soccer. Mia Hamm is the GOAT, man. She, sure. I had her posters. I love North Carolina because of her. I fell in love with soccer because of her. She just does, I don't know, pave in the way now. I think she owns a few like professional sports teams or is part owner and all that. So yep. just freaking top, top tier Mia Hamm. Top tier. That's my first Women's History Month acknowledgement. And I will toss That's it over to, to Simon who's got probably equally as much of a GOAT.
0: I was a goalkeeper growing up. Uh, Brianna Scurry was Ooh, someone yeah. that I absolutely looked to and like, no one can beat her. Like no. she's just got this, you know, unstoppable presence and can, you know, fly around those those goalposts and make these amazing saves. And, and you know, it was just so cool to see her in that in that shootout too. And if I may... Minnesota zone.
1: I think we'll go with that one. (laughs) Wait, Stellar goalkeepery. Cool. Goalkeeper, like wizardry. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, goalkeeper, Harry. Not bad. All right, goalkeeper, Simon. Little
0: pat on the back for me
1: there. Good job, yeah. So, yeah, Women's History Month, we're excited. We're going to be highlighting people throughout the month, so stay tuned for that. Go check out all the goodies on sportsengine.com that we'll be posting throughout the month as well. But without further ado, let's bring in another woman in the sports space that is just... After our conversation with her, man, I was, yeah, I was so pumped. I was like, I, I think I've already listened to it a few times, honestly. So without further ado, True story. let's bring her in Alex Wolbecker Smith.
0: Growing up in the Northwest suburbs of Chicago, Alexandra Wolbecker Smith cultivated a deep love for sports and for the mental strength it takes to perform at the highest level. She attended Northern Illinois University, go Huskies, where she earned her undergraduate degree in physical therapy with a minor in psychology and all while playing division one softball. She went on to obtain her master's in sport and exercise psychology and a certificate in sports management and her master's in counseling with an emphasis in sport and health from Adler University in Chicago. Alexandra was an Illinois High School Association coach for four years, where she coached girls volleyball, basketball, and softball. She also worked for five years as a travel softball coach, and another eight as a private hitting and fielding instructor. She is now a licensed mental health provider who specializes in sport and health psychology. Alexandra strives to create a space where individuals can explore who they are in and out of sport to help them achieve their personal, academic, and athletic goals. Her specializations include the transitions between being a college student and athlete, mental recovery from injury, leadership and conflict and anxiety management.
1: Alex, welcome to the For the Love of Sport podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Perfect.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Would you mind hopping into and talking about uh, just premier sports psychology and maybe just to kick us off, let's start with the difference between therapy and sports psychology.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So Premier Sports Psychology, we are a company local to Edina, Minnesota, and we work with a wide range of performers, not just athletes, but performers anywhere, you know, down to the seven year old athlete who just wants to do it for fun is kind of just doing it with their friend all the way to the professional and Olympic level. And we really enjoy the the diversity that we get to experience and see and work with. And the real main difference, I think, between therapy and sports psychology is the sport aspect, right? And this is no shade to a general therapist. I have my own. I love her. (laughs)
0: Zero shade. Um, (laughs) No, we
2: we need them. Um, Therapy is great. But being able to have the lens of sport with the providers that we have here at Premier Sports Psychology is really important and crucial. We are all trained, licensed mental health professionals. We're also trained sports psychology professionals as well. So a lot of us were former athletes at very elite levels. A lot of us were coaches. Now a lot of us are now working with athletes and coaches and parents. So being able to have Again, that sport lens and context is really helpful when you're working with performers and you're working with athletes and trying to understand not just the the struggles that they're going through, but also the realities of how we can help and support, because some of the general tips you might get are not really conducive to the sport environment or the realities of sport culture.
1: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I feel like, and the other element of when you're talking to somebody who, you know, kind of like gets it or understands the world you're coming from, it, it almost makes things easier to, to talk through and understand. And you're not as, you know, have to explain everything. Like it's just a, a common understanding between you two. So I'm sure that lends itself to getting up to speed and being able to help, you know, athletes quickly.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And we always say like, we don't necessarily have to have played or coached the sport in order to help. But again, just having some basic lingo or understanding um, about athletics is super helpful. And you'll see that with kind of first timers here of like, okay, well, like I scored a hat trick. Do you know what that And is? I'm like, we get it. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, So it's nice. Like you said, they don't have to explain everything.
0: That's amazing to like actually have that sort of mutual understanding and the the ability to like, you don't have to explain this to me. I'm a fan of, of the game and that can transcend all different kinds of sports and, and different beliefs and especially performers too. Like not just sports, we're talking like dancing and gymnastics and maybe even like actors for that matter. But mm-hmm. I think something that we want to make sure that we ground everything with is how foundational youth sports and the experience itself is it connects really all of us so can you take us through just real quick super hard-hitting questions obviously (laughs) your own your own youth sport experience you know what sports you played just maybe some just some first memories that hop off the top of the head
2: yeah so i tried basically every sport growing up my my parents were awesome and very supportive where um, we're a big baseball family. Everyone on both sides were really into baseball, um, played that at, you know, professional levels, international levels, college levels. So um, baseball is kind of in our blood. Um, but my parents were great of trying not to play favorites. And they're like, listen, we understand you enjoy baseball for my brother, softball for me, but like try other things, you know, like create your own identity, understand what you like, what you don't like. So willingly and sometimes forcefully. We were trying different things like tennis. I, I did cheerleading for a year. That was really tough. Oh, <laughs> um, <gosh. laughs> okay. I did basketball, volleyball, gosh, you name it. Honestly, I did dance for seven, nine years. Oh wow! Um, yeah. So there are a lot of things that I was so grateful that my parents were like, just give it a year. And if you don't like it, we don't have to do it next year. But like give it a year. So I'm super grateful for that. But of course I, my love and my love still to the state baseball softball was very drawn to that. And I was very grateful to have wonderful um, youth coaches. i my parents coached me up until a certain age. I forget what age, but they're like, all right, now it's time to step out. <laughs> you don't want to coach. You don't want us coaching you, which was great, but really thankful to have wonderful youth sport Coaches that I'm still in contact with today, just based off of their support and just their genuine interest in just trying to develop me as a player, um, which I don't think I realized how rare that can be um, until I started working in athletics more from the other standpoint of a coach um, in college athletics and professional Olympic. Um, There's amazing and lots of wonderful coaches out there, but it can take one coach to really make or break an experience, especially at the youth level.
1: No doubt. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to ask as a follow-up to that, now that you're kind of in the shoes you're in and all the experiences and things you've gone through, looking back on your youth sport experience, are there times where you're like, gosh, I wish I had like yourself now in the future or someone like you back then. And, And maybe can you talk about some of the instances where you've, you know, are helping athletes today and maybe what could have been super helpful back in, back in your youth sport experience?
2: Yes, absolutely. So yeah, so in high school, I was a three sport athlete, I did volleyball, basketball, softball, I knew I always wanted to play college softball. So I was very um, focused on that, which came with a lot of training, a lot of all year training with doing club and travel in addition to high school sports. So I think something that looking back, I wish I would have had a little help on is just kind of overall balance and understanding Mm. that, my performance was not a direct reflection of my worth and value. Mm -hmm. and I think that was something I put a lot on myself. Even though I had great coaches, great parents, great teammates, I was so focused on, I have to be perfect. I have to execute every single time. Because if I don't, what if a coach is watching? Or what if this is my opportunity? So I put a lot of pressure on myself. And it would have been nice to talk through that of like, people are going to make mistakes. You know, people are going to, you know, fail at times, but it's that resilience piece. And I I knew that logically, but when you're in the moment and you're like, no, a scholarship (laughs) is like on the line, that was really challenging.
0: Well, especially these are very like, you know, we talk about this a lot with formative years, but up to that point, these are the biggest moments of your life. So I imagine these things get magnified quite a bit and having somebody who can dial things back and be like, yes, this is important, but it is not a reflection of who you are or what you are going to be is is amazing. I guess you had mentioned you know you baseball softball that was the focus, right? So if softball was that, I'm curious like for parents who maybe have a kid who is just like very dialed in as like they love this sport or they are at least like they're playing this sport quite a bit. How often did your parents like checking with you just to make sure that, you know, are you enjoying this? Is this something that you still enjoy to do? You know, I and what's the balance of that? Do you recommend that parents do that with your kids despite, you know, all evidence to the contrary saying, yeah, they love the sport. It's stupid. It's obvious. I don't need to ask like how often did they check in? And how often do you recommend that parents check in?
2: Yeah, no. So I agree. It's common sense or it's like you might see it in your child's <laughs> face that they obviously love it. They're craving it. They want more and more. And I will say no lie. My parents asked me at the end of every season, do you want That's to do awesome. this next year? And I never realized again, like, I was like, oh my gosh, stop asking. Yeah, but now in <laughs> my shoes, I talk about this a lot with parents that I work with. Of It might seem obvious, right? But you always want to kind of give your child that out or that dialogue to open up the conversation because... Even some of the most talented youth athletes that I've worked with, some of them really don't like it. They're burnt out. The average age of burnout for sport is 13 years old. That's before high school. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So to think like people are starting sports at seven, at eight years old, they're doing them all year round. They're traveling, all these different things. And that was something I begged and begged my parents um, to do. And they said, no travel sports until 12. And I was like, but everyone else is doing it. They're like, no travel sports (laughs) until 12. And I was like, fine, because they really wanted me to make sure that I actually enjoyed it. I understood the commitment and I appreciated that. And even though volleyball and basketball weren't my main sports, I loved the encouragement and the enthusiasm that they gave me for that sport. And even my coaches who knew like, she doesn't want to play in college, but it was so nice to do something different, be around different people, train different things of my mind and my body to help me prepare
1: even in for softball. Obviously in your work you're working with a lot of different athletes of all varying ages. What are some things to be aware of with your athletes when you're when you're working with them?
2: That's a great question. I would say Based off the work that I've been doing, a lot of common topics surround, you know, growth mindset and resilience of how do I recover from a bad game, from a bad inning, a bad shift, whatever it may be, because a lot of, you know, people are used to success or being the big fish in little ponds, and then they maybe become... or not become, they, they try out for a different club or they're, they're on a different team and you're surrounded by people who are just as good um, as you, if not better. So failure becomes a little bit more frequent. Yeah. And if we don't use those as growth opportunities and embrace those challenges to like, okay, like this is challenging now, but like, I'm gonna keep pushing myself. That becomes really challenging when and if you do play at that next level or you have a, a life situation where you're embraced with, a, or you're faced with a challenge. Right. It's like, well, that's too hard. I'm done. I quit. Right. We see that a lot because oh, yeah. people aren't used to working through the failure. So I would say, like, the growth mindset and resilience is huge. I would also say, confidence, right? It's yeah. such a fragile thing.
1: Mm-hmm. It
2: takes a lot of time to build and it takes a second to knock down, uh, which is, it happens and it's yeah. common. So being able to understand, okay, where am I putting, I call them like, you know, my, like the cornerstones of confidence, like where, Is the source that I'm putting my confidence in? Is it what other people say about me? Is it what I do on the field? Is it the person and the teammate I am? Um, So kind of understanding that. And then I would say last but not least, especially in today's age, balance as a student Mm. athlete, right? Like, are you having fun? Is this something that you want to continue? You know, I work with a lot of people. They're training seven days a week. With practice, an hours and hours on end, and that's normal for them. That's part of the experience. That's part of the expectation. But you know, I'm also then working with ten year olds who're like, "I just want to go to my friend's birthday party." Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I just no, want. To, I know. I just want to play Fortnite. Just give me one exactly. night,
2: exactly. Right. And I'm like, "Hey, can we maybe <laughs> make some time for that? Can we carve some time out? Like, let can we ask mom and dad? They're Like, yeah. I didn't yeah. know that was an option.
1: And it's hard too because I'm sure you know. Parents are just trying to do the best that they can for their kids. And in the world we are, that's what it feels like is like, if my kid's not involved in excelling and has something like that, I'm not doing something right. And I need to get them involved in more. I need them to do more when in reality, it it's probably not necessarily uh, the truth at all. So,
2: No, and that's a great point that I want to highlight, right? The parents, it's all from genuine intent. If I want to yeah. support my child, I want to give them what I didn't have. You know, I want to... Um, help them fulfill their dreams and their passions, and sometimes um, they don't realize what they're doing is sometimes inevitably part of the issue. Mm. Yeah. It's, it,
0: it, that communication is so key, you know. But you touched on like the, the cornerstones of confidence, and something that came to mind just when you were talking about that is sort of the let's just call it the yips. How like something that somebody could do reflexively, like shoot a free throw. So all of a sudden is now just a huge roadblock and they've completely forgotten how to do it. How often do you, do you deal with this? And and what are your sort of like, is is it the the cornerstones of confidence, the big thing that you, you dial into when let's say an athlete is going through this?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously every person is a little different, but right. I usually start with that, right? Like I'll kind of understand, okay, like where do we get our sense of confidence from? Is that, you know, like from the people that we surround ourselves with, what coaches are saying, what our teammates are saying, what our parents are saying, is that our self-reflection of, you know, I know I'm a good athlete. I know I'm a good person. I know I'm a good teammate. Like I'm struggling right now. Like, where's that self-talk? Is it, oh, I'm terrible. I can't do this. I'm not going to do this or, okay, it's tough right now. I'm not really sure what's going on, but I'm going to just accept that it's challenging but I'm going to work through it, you know? So really kind of touching on what's going through their mind when they do have the yips or whatever it may be going on that they were doing so naturally and without even thought before that now it's like, I don't know what's going on. And usually a big part of that is accepting. Like we sometimes don't always have an answer. You know, we get a lot of people like, I need to know exactly what's going on. Why is this happening? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try and help you explore that. Uh, But sometimes I will tell you up front, we're not going to be able to pinpoint one thing. It's usually a combination of, you know, stress that's built up or expectations, you know, whether they're conscious or unconscious or different things where when you can sometimes bring to light all of the things they're balancing and navigating and thinking, it's like, no wonder you can't throw the ball the first. I wouldn't be able to do that either.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I want to, I want to also ask, I feel like we've been asking a lot about like the, the negative side and I'm sure there's also like really big positives and things that you can celebrate. So, I mean, I'll ask it super open-ended, but are there, you know, moments and times where you get to work with athletes and help them? Is there, is there things that you do that, you know, on the, on the flip side of it, not to address something, but say, Hey, like you're doing great. These are all the things and how maybe parents, coaches, et cetera, can help bring those to light too.
2: Yeah. I think some of like the highlights are, you know helping someone rediscover their joy for the sport at yeah. whatever level it may be at eight years old to 35, 40 years old of reminding themselves why they play, mm. why they compete. Um, Cause it can sometimes get bogged down by a lot of factors, right? Yeah. Financially, you know, the politics of everything. So I think that's really fun to kind of remind people that I work with, Hey, like two years ago, If I were to ask you this question right now, why do you play? You know, why are you here? Why do you still do this amount of practices, the traveling, the tears, the blood, like everything? Why do you do it? And they're like, yeah, my answer would be totally different. Right. So I think that's really cool to help someone explore their journey through sport. I think, you know, the recovery from injury, which is unfortunately a big part of our sport of, I never want to play. This is done for me. Like I'm done. And it's like, helping someone through their third ACL injury and oh, still gosh. competing. Like, how does that not get you up in the morning? Right. You're like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow.
2: Like they've gone through so much, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, you know, and then you have the, the other highlights of someone that you've been working with for years that, you know, they just signed their letter of intent to the school hmm. that they've been dreaming of since they were a little kid where you're like, yeah, you were a part of that little journey to help them just like, develop as a human, not even as an athlete, but as a human, right. Mm -hmm. And just Mm -hmm. understand their identity, who they are in the world and pursue something that they love. Like, that's really cool.
0: I wanted to ask too, this was something that um, came from a recent conversation I had is, you know, if you're a parent and your, your kid loves what they're doing, right. They love the sport. You continually ask them and obviously they enjoy it. What's the line of pushing them too far and not pushing enough? I know this is going to vary athlete in person to person, but I guess, is that something that comes up quite a bit? Like, do, do athletes feel they're not being pushed enough or do they feel like they're being pushed too hard? And how do you address that with parents and how do you help them to, to find that line?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it's challenging. It is. And I think something that I try and start with is understanding how the person I'm working with sees it. Because, you know, from an outsider's perspective, um, you might be saying like, oh my gosh, they're overtrained, they're doing this, they're doing that. But if they love it, if they're being supported, if they're finding balance and there's an understanding with like the whole team approach, it's not my job to judge or place my opinions on what they're doing to support their passion or their sport. So I think it's really um, me trying to understand from who I'm working with, their individual's perspective. And then also the parents, I like to bring them in and say, Hey, yeah. like, what are you thinking? What are you seeing? Like you're with, you're with Johnny, you know, 24 hours a day. I'm with him every other week for an hour. Or so, you know, what are you seeing? And then also having some one-on-one conversation with the parents, you know, cause sometimes they'll be like, I don't know if it's too much. He says he wants to do X, Y, and Z board to do these lessons. And it's just a lot. So I'll try and remind them, okay, I, when you were 10 years old or 12 years old, what were you doing? But also the research shows, right? We need to have certain things in place. We need to have a positive environment. We need to have that support, that team support. We need to have all of these certain things in place to make sure that if this is something we're going to continue, you know, you have the 11 the year old gymnasts who are going to be in the Olympics in four <laughs> years. So to them, that is what their reality is and mm-hmm. you either support and you get on board or you don't. So understanding the perspectives, but then also making sure there is balance, right? Because otherwise it will inevitably lead to burnout or injury, right? So trying to schedule some of that rest and recovery time, athletes are a lot more used to, and that lingo of, well, yeah, like we don't work out every single day. Like our bodies need to rest and recover. I'm like, I'm so glad you said that because <laughs>
1: mentally we also the same have thing. Yes. That. <laughs> So Oh, that's good. I feel like if I was a, a kid in today's world, I would probably have the problem of, of wanting to do too much all the time. So I, I'm somewhat appreciative uh, that we grew up when we did uh, for a lot of reasons. But
2: yeah, it's a different a different world, different dynamics. Yeah, and it, it's hard. I mean, like with the social media, the college application process, just everything. Then the sport, and you know, if you're gonna compete at the next level, it has to be D one. Like no, like so it's again meeting your your the person that you're working with where they're at and not taking their dreams away but helping yeah. support and understand if this is what you want to do we want to make sure your building blocks of wellness are there are solid are supported because you're going to come across challenges you're going to come across failure and i want you to make sure you have the life skills and tools in order to deal with that
1: and i feel like it's Obviously at varying levels of, you know, competitive sport that you get to, I, I played in, in college and obviously remember a lot of wins, but I feel like the times and the the memories, a lot of people reflect on in youth sports have nothing to do with like your performance. And in, in mm-hmm. the moment though, it's like, that is the only thing that matters and equipping, you know, kids to be able to. Understand that, but I mean, no kid's going to understand. Like the next game is always the biggest game for sure. But um, helping them to eventually come to that conclusion is so valuable. We've talked about the athlete, the parents, the coaches. We obviously, you know, at Sports Engine, we have the uh, you know opportunity to work with a lot of admins and presidents of organizations. And so yeah. I was curious if you have any you know advice or if you've ever worked with an admin or a president of an organization who wants to maybe instill a, a more like supportive culture around you know keeping mental well-being at the, at the core whether they have classes for coaches to go you know attend or resources any of those yeah. things that might be helpful for that specific person yeah, absolutely. So
2: personally, I work with a lot of athletic directors at the high school level, especially of like programming for their coaches. I'm doing one this Friday where I'm meeting with all of their coaches to how they can better support the mental health of their student athletes, where we find that line of pushing, but not pushing, over pushing. So I we've gotten a lot of requests with that, which I just am very um, optimistic about and really grateful that people are starting to realize, like, we need to give the coaches also the tools and resources to help support their athletes and their teams and themselves. Yeah, That's a lot of pressure of what they're doing. But we also at Premier Sports Psychology, we do a lot of leadership consult training, business consulting. So we have providers that are working with you know, big organizations and companies on how they can help support the mental wellness of their employees to help with, you know, productivity and different things like that. So like I said, it's not just athletes, it's performers. Um, even in the corporate world. And that's a big piece of what we do here. It is something that we do and that's out there. And it's a, also really important to be mindful of because you know, you're know you just like they say, your least talented player on your team is also talented and has a role and has different things that they bring to the table. Same thing in a work setting, right? Like you're working in a team and you all have a role and something that you bring to the table. And if you don't feel valued or if you don't feel that your work is being um, utilized or you know you don't feel like or you feel like you're being overworked that's going to impact your performance and your work there.
0: Maria I, I don't know if you had any other like burning questions I was thinking it might be this it's might time. be time it's the mm-hmm. showdown time it's time for this or that are you ready
1: Alex?
2: I mean Savannah was like are you going to be ready for this part and I was like what are <laughs> you talking
1: about? <laughs> so Savannah I, I is I'm our ready. loyal listener gosh I know we'll have to whenever we get merch she's going to get the first She's going to have her T- stuff. I love yeah. that. Okay. We got you. We just make versus yes.
0: as Savannah says, listen to the podcast. <laughs> okay. So this or that, I know you're, you're up to date. You're up to speed on this. We've got eight questions, rapid fire, no thinking, gut reactions only. Okay. You're ready.
1: I'm ready. Let's do it. I got odds. I got evens. All right, here we go. First question. Would you rather shovel snow or rake leaves? Shovel snow.
0: When you need to refuel, is it a granola bar or a banana?
1: Mm. A granola bar. Okay. On on a flight, are you watching a movie or a TV show? I'm sleeping. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Appetizer time. Are you going soup or nachos?
1: Ooh, nachos. Yeah, that's nachos. All right. This is the hard hitter. Is it pronounced GIF or JIF? I say JIF.
0: Oh. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Uh going into where you were where you're from, Cubs or White Sox?
2: Cubs. Thank you. There is only one right answer.
1: (laughs) My husband is a diehard White
2: Sox fan. So, wow,
1: that was was rough. House divided. I know. Yeah. My family's Cubs fans. They have tattoos after the World Series. Yeah. Um, Okay. Would you rather have the hiccups or a brain freeze? Hmm. Hiccups.
0: All right. Final question game winning home run or home run saving catch?
2: Home run saving catch.
0: Nice. Love it. Love Wonderful. it. What position
1: did you play? First, okay, that's fair. Yeah, I, I could never well, hit the ball in softball.
0: Equally as important, you got to catch that ball if you're going to get that out too.
1: Like that's true. Like when the Cubs difficult. won the World Series.
0: Exactly. Yes, okay, so,
1: it's Ryan all coming together. Oh, it's coming, all coming to together me. now. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right, you did it. Well oh. done. That was
0: easy. Well done. You did it. You can breathe easy now. No and you crushed it questions. too. There's not a lot of people that will immediately come up with a response that's not one of the two. So well done, well done on that. Thank you. Alex, thank you so much for bringing that insight and bringing this discussion and, and being the thought leader in this space. This is an area that I know Maria and I have been wanting to tackle for a long time. So thank you so much for your time and, and coming on the pod.
1: Yeah, yeah, seriously, thank you for for all the work you've done and, and will continue to do. And uh, we mm-hmm. are very stoked we get to share this message with everyone. So thank you. Thank, Fun. You. thank you both. Appreciate it. You know what I did, Simon? For the first time in a very, very long time. Mm, what? I went to a real movie theater oh and my. saw an actual movie on a big screen with some some people. There were other Ooh. people there too. Oh my
0: god! It's been a minute for it's sure. Been a minute.
1: <laughs> it's been a minute, and it was a great experience. The movie was great. I mean, the popcorn always great.
0: Ooh, always great.
1: Candy. The candy you choose, raisinets. I would never mm. eat a raisinet unless I'm at a movie theater. Junior, regardless.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, I get it. Same
1: experience for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all great, but the best part is that I hate waiting in lines, so oh, yeah. I got my tickets beforehand on Fandango, and it was fantastic.
0: Oh my gosh, that's such a game <laughs> changer! me,
1: yeah, <laughs> it, it was. No, it was great. I don't have to worry about it. I hate waiting in lines. Mm-hmm. I had my tickets. I went, got my popcorn, went in the movie theater. It was perfect. So I'm gonna give our listeners a little uh, little pro tip here.
0: Okay, yeah, Think they're ready. Hack? Yeah, go yeah. for it.
1: Hey, grab a movie ticket on Fandango. You're sick of hearing us talk. So go treat your (laughs) eyes to a movie and you can find times, buy the tickets to your favorite theater, your theater closest to you all on Fandango.com. It's fast and easy. You can do it on the app. Or like I said, go to Fandango.com, get those tickets, get out to the movies, enjoy yourselves.
0: Big thank you to Alex. Will Becker Smith for joining us.
1: It was great. Super thankful for Alex for coming on. Uh she was she was fantastic. So with that though, I think we are going to transition into our fun little game segment of the show. Um new game. Your listener game. probably been used to me getting grilled by Simon <laughs> about <laughs> racehorses sports terms, or both. We are going to switch it up this month and bring in you a new game. Okay? So for this one and maybe next episode uh, we are going to highlight some common, what we're calling them, sportisms. Ooh, so these yeah. are common, maybe chants or phrases or cheers that you have heard, maybe at a professional sports, maybe at youth sports. I know in softball, when I was growing up, we did chants up the yin-yang, you know, like, uh, yep. we want to pitch, you know, we want a pitcher. Not a belly itcher. I think that's the one. That's a good I,
0: one. That's a, yeah. that gets in their head so hard. I, I mean, know You're like, you, a can't, belly you can't, itcher. you can't, no, you can't avoid that. Yeah. You can't come back so, from that.
1: No, no, you can't. <laughs> so anyways, we've got a few here. I'm going to list off three for Simon. He's going to rank them from his oh favorite to his least favorite. And then uh, I think I'm just doing this on the spot. I think I'm going to make him give me his best, whatever one is his favorite. He's going to have to give us his best rendition of it. Chance Ooh, it like okay. he's rooting for his favorite team. Okay, so that's oh, how we're gonna do this. Okay. All right. Here are the three. Are you ready, okay. Simon? I'm ready. Okay. Let's do this. First one: the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat.
0: Oh wow. Oof. Okay.
1: Okay. And that's your first one. Okay. Second one: you miss a hundred percent of the shots you do not take.
0: Well, Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. Throw a Gretzky at me. Okay.
1: Also, Michael Scott. And Michael Scott. we'll we'll throw a fun one in here. The third one. This, this oftentimes chanted at uh, college basketball games, I feel like. Warm up the okay. bus. Oh. Student sections. Letting you know it's time you get out of our okay. home court. Head yeah. on out. Warm that bus up.
0: This is a blowout. Time to <laughs> mosey on over to the bus. Okay. Well, what do those you are got? good three. Those are good three. Wow. Okay. Top three. Yeah, <laughs> these are all kind of iconic in their own way. I'll tell you what. I'm. Should I, sh- We should go from the top to the bottom or from bottom to the top?
1: Top. Go bottom to top. We'll save the, okay. you know, keep the suspense. I'm, I'm going to
0: actually throw, warm up the bus at three.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: And mainly because, I may or may not have had this chanted at me,
1: <laughs> and it hurt his feelings.
0: And I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a great chant when you're winning. It is. A great a, chant It's a win. wonderful yeah. chant when you're winning. It is, kind of a, a gut check when you're not. And I will say, like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> come on. All right. See, it's Man. hard to be on the other side of the old the old it podcast, really
0: is. mic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this is, yeah, this absolutely is. I, I will say it's never over till it's over. So I don't really like it because it's honestly, warmth bust to me is like, it's an example of hubris. Like, I don't that's care true. how much you're up. It's not over till it's over. <laughs> so that's what I was trying, that's what I was trying to think of. So I'm going to put that at third. So let's go to number two here. And I'm going to go th- the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, because that just screams like, NFL Steve Sable films like narration yeah. voice over That's it. That's true. Like the staple, like the thing you would say, like in mm-hmm. a highlighter montage reel, which no offense to highlighter montage reels, <laughs> but if we're talking about common sportsisms, I'm gonna just put that at number two. Number one has yeah. to be iconic. The goat, the it has to be Gretzky. It has to be yeah. slash Michael Scott. It has to be you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. One, because it's a great inspirational quote, and I'm a huge geek for inspirational quotes. That's true. I Two, known. because it's so iconic that it's been mislabeled as a quote to Michael Scott, who quoted <laughs> Wayne Gretzky over and over again.
1: Yeah. I feel like if uh, we were to poll people, yeah. depending <laughs> on the generation we polled, half for sure would think this was just an office quote, without a doubt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a third a third would say Gretzky. A third would say Michael Scott and Wayne Gretzky. And another third would say That's just, true. well, that was Michael Scott, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> That's fair. All right. All right. You got to give us your best. I feel like this one deserves like a, a real like movie voice, okay. like okay. intense. That's best I
0: can do. Yeah. best especially. you
1: can do. Let's dust off the old theater right. chops.
0: <clears throat> I want you guys to imagine
1: Set that scene. you are,
0: I want you to imagine that you are in a packed stadium right now. The lights have dimmed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's the start of a brand new season. And up on the big Jumbotron is a big highlight reel. All these amazing oh, yep. plays that are happening. Right? Can you see this? Can you feel this? I can Lights see it. are blaring down. And then this big booming voice that's probably way deeper than mine comes on and says The fro the victory. The agony of defeat. And then has this whole like thing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm here. I feel like I feel like that was good. This was good. This was good. Okay. This is what the people wanted. That's what, that's what comes in my head. Whenever I, whenever I see the thrill of victory, I love, it. Of victory.
1: I love it. Good job. Good job. It feels good. To, I don't have to do this round. <laughs> I think we'll, I think we're just going to keep it on you. So good job. Right. Well done. Right. The thrill of victory for you today with that performance. Well done.
0: Appreciate that. Great guest. Great episode. Great week. Uh, let's tie a bow on this one this has anyway. been another episode of for the love of sport as always feel free to send an email out to us at ftlos pod at nbcuni.com we love hearing from you guys so dear listeners please don't shy away from asking us uh, any questions you might have any topics you want to hear us talk about or want to hear from our guest. any burning questions any this or that you also want to throw out there for the debates uh, we'd love to hear from you please feel free to reach out
1: for the love of sport is brought to you by sports engine the home of you sports hosts are the fantastic Simon McKenzie and myself Marie Fitzgerald our marketing guru is Kelsey Irwin our captain of content marketing is Mr. Rob Badeau our very intelligent intern, Mr. Joe Berzonic, and our exceptional, fantastic deals with all of our, uh, whatever you want to call what we are, sound engineer is the fantastic Troy Stone. With that, we will be back very shortly with another episode, so stay tuned.